All right, you guys brought a Bible, say yes. And uh, four of you did, so I'm going to invite you four to open it to Colossians chapter 4 with me, if you will, this morning, Colossians chapter 4. If you're visiting with us this entire month, we're going to talk about how to pray big for our families. And this morning, we focus on how to pray big for our husbands. So Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 will be our key verse for the entire month. So I'd encourage you to go ahead and memorize that and uh, put it on your heart. And listen, if you're not involved on Wednesday nights, I'd love to invite you to Wednesday night Bible study over in our chapel. This Wednesday night is going to be an awesome evening where Walt Avra, who's a missionary in southeast of Pakistan, he's actually going to be with us. He's going to be sharing what God's doing in his heart, also overseas. So come be a part of that. We meet over in the chapel at 630. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. If you've got it there, say amen. The same four. All right, let's stand to our feet and uh, we'll read this together. And notice what the scriptures teach. In verse 2, again, Paul's writing to the church of Colossae. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So that's our verse. Let's all read it out loud together on the count of three. One, two, three. Devote yourselves to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for your word. Place it in our hearts, put it upon our fellowship to be people of prayer. And God, I pray specifically for husbands this morning, asking that you would speak to their hearts through your word. And then I also pray specifically for wives, that you would place it upon them a burden and a desire to pray for their husband continually. Thank you for your word this morning. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you can be seated. You know, deep within the makeup of most men, there is actually a great desire to be an influential person. A person who leaves a mark, a person who makes a difference. The bottom line is that men really do desire to be great. Uh, this is why we enjoy watching sports. We love to view someone who comes kind of from out of nowhere to make the difference. I remember the first time I ever watched Rudy, uh, probably one of my favorite movies, and love to see Rudy become the hero towards the end. So as you think about men, it's also why we like watching those movies where there is some type of hero. We enjoy reading about, enjoy listening to uh, stories of leaders in business who've made a difference. We want to identify with the influential person. We even dream about what it would be like if it were us. You know, society has a formula actually designed for what a successful man looks like, but it is that really the kind of man that the Lord calls you and I to be. You know, there's a spiritual battle waged by the enemy against your husband to get him focused on the culture's view of success instead of upon Christ's call in his heart. In fact, it is incumbent upon every single wife to focus on praying big for your husband. So what I want to do this week is challenge each of you wives to pick a day out of the week, uh, any day will do, where you set aside dedicated time to pray specifically for your husband, praying big for him. Now, within every single family groove uh, bucket, you'll actually find, you ladies, a long sheet of paper like this on the front that says praying for your husband. And there are 30 days of prayers that you can lift up on behalf of your husband. But what I want you to do this week is not only pray these, but also to take some time to sit down before God and really lift up some concentrated prayer to the Lord. So praying specifically for your husband. You know, Jesus promises us in Matthew's gospel 
chapter 7, that if we were to ask that we would uh, find it given to us, if we knock, the door's going to be opened, and if we seek, then we are also going to find. Now think about that for just a moment. Jesus, God in the flesh, came to show you and I how to live on the earth, to pay for sin's penalty on the cross, be buried and resurrected. Jesus tells you and I that we can speak to the creator of all things who holds the world in his hand and he will listen to us and he will answer our prayers. So ladies, the greatest thing that you can do for your husband is to pray for him. God hears those prayers and he answers them in his divine timing. So this morning, what I want you to do is kind of consider the prayer request that I'm going to give to you as prayer requests that are written on a door. And on that door in prayer, you're going to knock on that door asking the Lord to open it up for your husband so that God can work in his life. So four doors that I want you to knock on as ladies this week. So here's door number one. Are y'all with me? Say yes. Door number one is pray that your husband will be steadfastly devoted to God. Pray that your husband will be steadfastly devoted to God. Second Chronicles 16 and verse 9 says this, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. There was a prophet who spoke this truth to Asa, the king of Judah, as a rebuke. See, Asa had turned away from devotion to the Lord and begun to rely upon a pagan king. And as a result of devoting himself to someone other than the Lord, there was a promise that he would face great battles all the days of his life. However, think about this heart, or this uh, promise rather, uh, from the Lord. He's looking for someone whose heart, that is whose inner man, is undivided and totally set upon devotion to God. And when the Lord finds this kind of heart in your husband, the Bible says that the Lord will strongly support your husband. That is, he will come alongside him, giving him strength and courage to accomplish all that the Lord has set out before him. So husbands need to be steadfastly devoted to God. Wives, you should be praying, knocking on the door of heaven, asking God to do this work in the life of your husband. Now, for a husband to experience a steadfast devotion to the Lord, it is vital that they are strong in the scriptures. They need to be strong in the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So your husband's confidence in Jesus Christ is bolstered as he spends time in the word of God. So spend time asking the Lord to give your husband a desire for the word. You know, Peter writes in 1 Peter 2 and 2, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it, listen, by the word, you may grow in respect to salvation. So your uh, husband will not only find his confidence bolstered as he spends time in the word of God, but he also will find himself growing in his devotion to the Lord as he spends time in the scripture. In Ephesians chapter 5, we read about how the word of God washes us clean. So the word of God actually cleanses and causes your husband to live a pure life. You know, it's been said before, and I have this written in my Bible, sin will keep you from the word of God, or the word of God will keep you from sin. So you pray for your husband, bringing your husband before the throne of grace, according to Hebrews, asking God to work in the life of your husband, giving him a desire for the word, so that, listen, he might be steadfastly devoted to God. 
But he not only needs to be in the word, and you should pray that for him, but also if he's going to be devoted to the Lord, he needs to be a man of prayer. He needs to be a man of prayer. Paul wrote Timothy about what men should be doing within the context of worship in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. Scripture says, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without dissension. Think about that for just a moment. Paul the apostle knew the importance of a man's prayer life, and he elevated that importance in the life of a fellowship of believers. Could you imagine what our fellowship at Concord would be like if we gathered together for corporate worship and the men actually came before God with holy hands, lifting up prayer to God, asking him to move. That's what Paul says to Timothy. He says, set those men to praying in the church. And this principle teaches us that men need to be the model of prayer in the church, but also in the home. It's very important. How many times do we see throughout the gospel where the Lord Jesus Christ gets alone with God the Father in prayer? He does this on several occasions. This is God in the flesh, God's son, who is walking a sinless life, who says, very important, because he models it, he's going to get along with God the Father in prayer. He goes off and spends all night in prayer. He retreats from his disciples in prayer. Now think about this. If Christ understood the importance of prayer, how much more should you and I understand the importance of prayer who are plagued by our own carnal, fleshly natures? So we need to pray as men. We need to pray as husbands. And ladies, you need to ask God to put that desire in our heart, a desire for the word, a desire for prayer. And that's what I want Krista to pray for me, that I would desire the word of God and that I would desire to spend time alone with the Lord. And here's kind of my heartbeat. I would love for the Lord, where the Bible says his eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart that is steadfastly devoted to him so that he might strongly support those who are devoted to him. My prayer is that God's eyes would stop over Concord's fellowship and be overwhelmed, all right? And how many men are really steadfastly devoted to the Lord? That's my prayer. And then God, by his grace, will begin to support you in the context of worship, support you in the context of being a disciple. So that's prayer number one. Ladies, take that one to the door, all right? I mean, pound on the mat, so to speak, for your husband, asking that your husband will be steadfastly devoted to God. A great prayer. Uh, door number two to pound on. Y'all still with me? Say yes. Here it is. Pray that your husband will value his family. Pray that your husband will value his family. You know, men are the voice of their home, like Joshua of old who said this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was Joshua being the voice for his home, speaking about the fact of what they were going to do. That's what some men need to do in here this morning. You need to be like, as for me and my house, man, we are serving the Lord. That was Joshua. You know, a husband values his family when he steps up and he leads in a couple of major ways. One of the ways a husband shows that he values his family is that he serves as the pastor of his home. All right, he serves as the pastor of his home. Matter of fact, ladies, when you go to your house today, instead of calling your, uh, your man babe, which Krista calls me stud man muffin, <laughs> instead of calling, go up to him and be like, all right, pastor, 
call him that. He's the shepherd of the home. That'll throw him off, by the way, all right? But anyway, so he's the pastor of the home. Adrian Rogers has written a book called Kingdom Authority, which I've read I don't know how many times, but love the book because it's really shaped a lot of the ways that I uh, think. But listen to what Adrian Rogers says about the man being the pastor in the home. And this is uh, uh, the quote here. He says, as Jesus is the prophet, the priest, and the pastor to the church, husbands should be interceding, teaching, and leading their wives into a more pure relationship with God. Roger says, my chief assignment from God is to make my wife a more beautiful, radiant Christian. The husband is like the pastor in the home, end quote. So husbands, that is your role. You're the shepherd leader, the pastor in the home. And wives, pray that your husband would be that kind of man. Now wives, you need to seek the Lord on this issue. Your husband, by the way, cannot be guilted into being a spiritual leader in your house. Men are insecure leaders, and the enemy works overtime to subvert this idea of spiritual leadership in the home. And there's an all-out war against your husband to keep him from being the true pastor of your home. So you can't rag him. You can't talk bad about him. You can't compare him to others or put him down because you don't necessarily see this happening in your home right now. Your enemy is not your husband, but the demonic forces of darkness which are seeking to pull your husband away from being what God has called him to be. So you have to pray for God to bring your husband to the throne of grace every single day so that he can find strength to help him be the leader God has designed him to be in the home. So you've got to ask God to give him strength to fight against the fiery darts of the evil one. The Bible says the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Listen, ladies, the devil is prowling around your home seeking to devour your husband. And the last thing that he wants your husband to be is a pastor leader in the home. So you need to pray, asking God to give him strength. And uh, his only hope, by the way, is the grace of God. Right. His only hope is God's grace. So he needs help. So you pray for him. So a husband shows he values his family by being the pastor of the home, but also a husband shows that he values the family by being the provider of the home. You know, God has designed men to be those who provide for their family. Paul the apostle writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5 and 8 saying this, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his own household, listen to what Paul says, he has denied the faith, and he is worse than an unbeliever. Are y'all listening? Say yes. This husband, Paul's writing, because there were some husbands in the context of the church at Ephesus who were extremely lazy. They weren't working. They uh, were not providing for their family. And so Paul's like, tell those jokers to get a job, and then also tell them that if they aren't working, they are denying the faith. If they aren't taking care and providing for their family, they're worse than unbelievers. They need to shape it up. So that was the challenge which Paul gave to Timothy to deliver to the church. You know, the book of Proverbs, by the way, is loaded with passages about men who are lazy. And obviously, it speaks against it. Proverbs 15 or 19 says, The way of the lazy is a hedge of thorns. But the path of the upright is a highway. Proverbs 18 and 9 says, He also who is slack in his work is brother to him who destroys. Proverbs 19 and 15 says, Laziness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle man will suffer hunger. 
So ladies, you want to pray for your husband that he does not allow laziness to attack his life, whereby he is overcome by it. You know, one thing that was uh, modeled to me when I was growing up was a work ethic. And I saw that in my own dad. I cannot recall a time in my life where my father was not working extremely hard. In fact, he's still modeling that to me today. Uh, He has severe rheumatoid arthritis, and he's been given permission by his doctors to leave work and to go on full disability. If you've ever met my dad and you've uh, taken a look at his hands, you can see uh, the effects that rheumatoid arthritis have on him. But what's amazing is there are mornings where he can barely get out of the bed because of his joint pain and because of his disease. But uniquely and uh, sovereignly by God, he gives just enough grace to my father to get up out of the bed and go to work. He is uh, the furthest thing from being lazy. And he has worked in such a way to provide for my mother now, but also worked in such a way as to provide for uh, the family when I was living at home. So he is a hard worker. Listen, men. You need to be a hard worker. Wherever you work, you ought to work as if you are working unto the Lord. The Lord is ultimately your boss. So don't go around complaining about your job, griping and grumbling about your employees or your employer and always having this sour attitude about your job. The Bible says do all things without grumbling and complaining. So if you're griping about it, you are living in sin, bro. So stop that. Husbands need to work with joy in their hearts knowing that their ultimate CEO in life is the Lord. So give your very best to God. Wives, pray for your husband that he would be that provider, that he would be that individual who is working extremely hard. And if you're in the building today, this is all just for free, but you're living a lazy life, listen to the pastor, all right, for just a moment. If you're living lazy, uh, repent. Turn from your sin and wickedness, and if you need to, get a job. Y'all out there say yes? And this is what's unique. I would love, and this has never happened that I'm aware of in the context of a... um, church family, but uh, it would be awesome if all of a sudden there was a job opening in the community and they started calling Concord Baptist Church saying, we got a job opening. Y'all know somebody who can work down here? Why would they ever do such a thing? Because of the witness of believers from this church who are working as unto the Lord in the community. It makes a massive impact, all right? Massive. So husbands, uh, work, uh, provide, be that pastor in your family. I know there's some extenuating circumstances, so please don't walk out of here going, you don't understand my, I I understand that there are some circumstances, uh, but bottom line is wives pray specifically for your husband in this area. Y'all with me say yes? All right, here's number three, uh, door. Pound on this one, all right? Get on the map, pray for your husband on this, that he would be a witness for Christ. That he'd be a witness for Christ. Men of God throughout the New Testament were bold witnesses for the Lord Jesus. In fact, um, 
We not only see apostles with this bold witness like Peter and Paul, but we see deacons in the New Testament with bold witness like Stephen. We see other believers in the New Testament who have great boldness and they held no office, so to speak, in the context of the church. In the book of Acts alone, we see the key characteristic of a witness for Jesus is boldness. In Acts chapter four and verse 29, there's a prayer that the servants of God would speak the word with all boldness. Now check this out, Acts chapter 14, 18, 19, 26, 28, we read about how Paul the apostle spoke the word of God, he was a witness, and the Bible says that he witnessed with boldness to other people. Look, your husband was brought to faith in Jesus Christ, according to Peter, so that he might proclaim the excellencies of him who called him out of darkness and placed him in the marvelous light. So he was saved so that he could proclaim the truth of who Jesus is. So now, wives, pray that your husband would have great boldness in the spirit to speak truth to those whom God has placed in his path. Ask God to give him not only power of the Holy Spirit, but also passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're praying that he'd be a strong witness. Door number four, pound on this one. Knock on this door. Pray that your husband will avoid temptation. Pray that your husband will avoid temptation. And the main temptation that I'm going to focus on uh, in the latter part of this particular message is sexual temptation. Uh, Most men uh, are indeed overwhelmed with temptation in this particular era in their life. So they need a wife who is going to pray that God, by his grace, would shield his eyes, shield his mind, shield his heart, guard him from the temptation of the evil one. Do you know about 40,000, rather, uh, species of spiders, the majority of them spin webs to trap their prey And like the morning dew, which lures spiders by capturing the sun's rays and reflecting them in a million directions, the internet can be just as appealing and deadly to an individual. It can immobilize those it lures, entangle them in its web. The yellow garden spider can spin a web two feet across, but a pornographic website can literally circle the globe and entangle many careless internet users. You know, some spiders alternately slacken and tighten their webs when an insect uh, makes contact. This immobilizes the prey in the spider's straight jacket until dinner time. And similarly, what is wild is this. It only takes a short time for an individual to become crippled by pornography. A spider's web is known for its strength and elasticity. Pornographic websites, dangerous for their lure and their toxicity. Someone has said the devil will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you desire to pay. Some of you in the building, are y'all listening? Say yes. Some of you men in the building right now are caught up in uh, continual pornographic website viewing. So like, what is the message from the pastor? Stop. Repent of your sin, come back to the Lord God who gives grace in your time of need and hell and allow him by his grace to help you to overcome the temptation of the enemy. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, no temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God will, with every temptation, provide you a way of escape. So ladies, here's how you can pray for your husband if he's caught up in internet pornography. Pray God would make the exit door very clear in his life so that he would walk through it, getting away from that temptation. 
And then you pray, as always, that God would give him strength to overcome this temptation in his life. The Bible talks about it, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Some of you men aren't caught up in looking at it online, but some of you are on the edge of flirting with it with a lady. All right? You need to be careful. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6? Do not desire her beauty in your heart. Do not let her capture you with her eyelids. For on account of a harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread. And the adulteress hunts for the precious life. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Let's, let's ask that question, everybody. All right? You answer it out loud where you sit. Can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? Y'all are not with me this morning. Uh, can a man walk on coals and his feet not get scorched? Not at all. It's an impossibility. So is the man who goes to his neighbor's wife. You know what the proverb uh, is saying? You go to your neighbor's wife and you will get burned and scorched. And the Bible says, whoever touches her will not go unpunished. Listen, some of you men are so close to stepping over the line in your life. And I'm, I'm here to tell you by God's word, you are on the verge of stepping into the arena of punishment from God. Repent of your sin. Come back to the Lord. Proverbs 5 says, keep your way far from her. Do not go near to the door of her house, or you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. And strangers will be filled with your strength. And listen to this, your hard-earned goods will go to the house of a stranger. Now, I know there are plenty more temptations that men deal with, but I felt I would uh, concentrate on this one after reading some stats that are overwhelming and uh, overwhelmingly depressing. So I won't even bring them all up, but I know this much. About one out of every four men in the context of any worship service in America is caught up with looking at internet pornography. One out of four. Ladies, pray for your husband. Husbands, repent if you need to. And then if you're in here and you're like, I ain't got a problem with that, be careful, man. Pride comes before the fall. All right, so continue to rest on the grace of God that has brought you this far. Oswald Chambers says it really well. An unguarded strength is a double weakness. Again, in the context of sex, it's amazing what you can find in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 5, talking about a marriage relationship. Here's what uh, Solomon writes. He's like, drink water from your own cistern. Fresh water from your own well. You, you know what the picture is? He's like, go to your own wife for love, man. That's what the text is saying. Drink water from your own cistern. Drink water from your own well. And then he's like, should your springs be dispersed abroad? And then he's like this, and this is an awesome uh, verse of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 5. He said, be exhilarated always with her love. Did y'all hear this? I'm preaching up here whether y'all want to hear it or not. Listen, you, you husbands, including myself, we need to be exhilarated with the love of our wife. When we start trying to roam around, allow our eyes to go somewhere and our brains to go somewhere, know this, your body follows your eyes and your brain. So you think that you're out there and it's like, this ain't hurting anybody. Bro, you ain't got a clue. Right. Repent 
Can I say that again? Repent, come back to the Lord, and set your feet aright as a man in the house living for the Lord, being the pastor of your home, strong in the scripture, a man of prayer, valuing your family, a person who is pastoring, leading, loving, and being exhilarated with his, li- with his wife. That's your call. Be that man. Pray for that, ladies. Pray for that. Your husband can be great in God's eyes. He can be a man of influence, a man of impact, a man of greatness. But he doesn't find it in what society puts out. He finds it in what the scriptures teach. So you need to pray that he finds it and that, listen, by the grace of God, he becomes that. Amen? Now here's what we're going to do. Y'all still with me say yeah? So I rushed through the message so I could get to this part. And uh, ladies, you're going to pray for your husband. So it'll be a time of prayer for your husband. Y'all all right with that? Say yeah. So what we're going to do in just a moment is um, actually invite you to come forward. And ladies, you're going to come find a place here in the altar. And you're going to pray specifically for your husband. These things that we've mentioned. All right. Lifting those things up to the Lord. Knocking on that door. So you pray for him. And uh, we'll help guide you through some of that prayer. But uh, right now as the musicians come, uh, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And ladies, you go ahead and begin to make your way forward right now, finding a place here in the altar to lift up your husband. So uh, very quickly, come forward.